You're listening to Success Stalkers Radio, episode 33, with CEO and founder of Lexmos Incorporated, Rodney Lawson. Hey everybody, this is Ian Floyd from the Love and Sensibility Podcast, and you're tuned into my girl, Iona Garrett, on the Success Stalkers Radio Show. Welcome to Success Stalkers Radio. I am your host, Iona Garrett. People all over the globe are rewriting the rules to success. They're making money and changing the world. Join me Monday through Friday as I interview today's top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and entertainers that will leave you inspired to take action and achieve success on purpose. Are you ready? Let's dive right in. Okay, success stalkers, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Rodney Lawson. So, Rodney, are you ready to stalk success today? I certainly am, Iona. Good deal, good deal. Well, Rodney Lawson, CEO and founder of Lexmos Incorporated, has repeatedly turned around unprofitable operations and delivered sustainable improvements in sales, customer service, operations, processes, and quality in major corporate environments. He is an expert at communicating vision, aligning cultural change efforts with business goals, and igniting competitive spirit. Rodney has earned a reputation for building high-performance sales and service organizations that increase revenues through development and leadership of people. He holds an MBA in international business from Nova Southeastern University, H. Wayne Huizenga School of Business and Entrepreneurship and a BS in management from the University of Phoenix. Currently, in addition to Lexmos, Rodney is Vice President of Account Management, heading up an account management division for the largest background screening and employee mitigation company in the world. He is accountable for over $120 million in annual re- revenue for the company. So Rodney, I've given our listeners just a little overview, but I want you to take a minute Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your success path. Well, I think I possess a lot of core competencies for success, Iona, but if I had to narrow it down to my top three, I would say, number one, I get results. Number two, I'm excellent at building loyalty with people. And number three, I always take a humanistic approach in everything that I do. And as you can see, they kind of flow in a certain order. Because I take a humanistic approach, I'm able to build that loyalty. And because I'm able to build that loyalty, I am able to get results. And I've done that on countless situations and turned organizations around. So tell us a little bit more about you personally, about your uh, where you grew up. Well, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Um, after my uh, freshman year in high school, I moved to um, Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. And um, I moved there to live with an aunt and uncle to play football. They had a better football program. Um, after that, I went on to Syracuse University for a semester on, on a partial football scholarship. And then uh, that didn't work out. So I um, headed down to um, Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. And I had a knee injury um, that sort of sidelined my football career. And after that, I started in the world of business in corporate America. Well, Ryan, we're going to dive a little deeper into your journey in just a minute. But before we do, we always start off Success Talkers Radio with a success quote to really get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. Okay. Here's a quote that I created 
myself, I choose to live my life as an optimist, not because my mind is shallow, but because I fully understand the foundation for being optimistic is hope, while the institution of pessimistic is fear. Um, now, let me explain this a little bit. You know, fear is an acronym that I, that I, I, I learned years ago. It stands for false expectations appearing real. Right. Um, here's an example. Let's say it's late night, you're at an ATM machine, you're withdrawing money, and you hear something behind you. What are you fearful of? Probably, you know, something behind you, you don't know what it is, but nothing has happened yet. So it's a false expectation appearing real. Now, let's say you withdraw $200, you turn around, and there's someone with a mask on, and they have a gun pointed at you. What are you fearful of now? You're fearful of being mugged, you're fearful of being shot, fearful of being killed, but it hasn't happened yet. It's a false expectation appearing real. Now, let me give you another analogy. If I were to place a three-foot by five-foot board one inch off the ground, most folks wouldn't even hesitate to walk across it if they were asked. But if I took that same board and extended it 2,000 feet in the air between two skyscrapers, how many of us would even try to walk across it? It's the same board, same width. The only difference is that it's extended at a much greater height. This goes to show that the greater the challenge I am, the more the mind focused on failure rather than success. So simply put, me being optimist, here's how I attack fear. It consists of two simple principles. Number one, I construct a plan of attack. And number two, I execute that plan in a fierce manner. Wow. That is a great analogy. You're right. You never really think about it that way. Exactly. We always kind of like, when it comes to fear, we so many things come to mind and we just like create all these false, like you said, expectations mm -hmm. in our minds. And before you know it, we just don't do anything. So that is a great anal analogy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Rodney, we're going to dive a little deeper into your journey. But what I like to do is all, we always start off, you know, with our guests, maybe talking about a challenge or a possible failure that you may have experienced in your life or your career. And if you can, share share that time with us. And remember, we love stories here at Success Talkers Radio, so we want to feel like we were right there with you. And if you can, explain that and then share maybe a lesson uh, that you possibly learned from that, that failure. Okay. Um, uh, what I'd like to do, Ayana, is do it in the inverse. I'm going to give you the headline of, of what I learned. Okay. And then I'm going to talk about it a little bit, and then I'll share the story that goes along with it. Okay, sure. Okay, yes. great. So the headline here for me is you cannot develop folks that do not want to be developed, so don't waste your time. Mm. Okay? Now, I, I say that because the body follows the mind. Everything that you do, there's a thought process. The clothes that you have on today, you thought about them before you put them on. Mm -hmm. The lunch that you're going to eat, you think about it before you eat it. That new car you purchase, you think about driving that car, driving it over to your friend's house, having friends in that car before you purchase that automobile, that furniture you have in your home. You picture where you're going to place that sofa before you purchase it. Right. So as you can see, the mind has to go before the body, right? Sure. So if someone doesn't have the capacity to open their mind for development, then I really don't waste my time, okay? So here's my story. I started off as an extremely successful supervisor in corporate America at a very young age. Um, I was supervising folks uh, probably at the age of 20, and I went seven months in a row as the number one supervisor in the you know, uh, major telecommunications um, area in sales. And then after that seventh month, my manager wanted to do a test. He wanted to uh, give one supervisor uh, more sales folks. 
than the other to see how many, um, you know, we could handle. So, you know, um, ironically, or non-ironically, I should say, um, I was a choice for uh, taking over a, a team of sales associates that consisted of 23 individuals, where my peers at 15. But not only that, we did a draft, and we, we, we pulled all of the teams apart, and we, um, we circulated them. And I watched a lot of folks that I hired, coached, and developed uh, go to other supervisory teams, and I picked up a lot of other uh, supervisors. Um, I'm sorry, a lot of other associates. And in that setting, um, I've got probably the worst individuals you could imagine. You know, <laughs> I got folks that wanted to play games, folks that didn't want to come to work, folks that wanted to leave early, uh, folks that were consistently late from break. Um, it was a mess. Oh, wow. You know, I went from about 143% plan making all types of commission money all the way down to the low 16, dead last in the office of 16 supervisors. And um, it was a very, very humbling point for me. Um, my manager kept telling me, he said, look, you wear your emotions on your sleeves. I get that. He said, but this is going to be the best thing for you. He said, nothing builds character like adversity. True. And although you can't see it at that time, I couldn't see it at the time, I kept thinking, my gosh, what did this guy do to me? You know, so after the seventh, the, the second month, I mean, we had increased from about 68% of plan to a whopping 73% of plan the second month. <laughs> <laughs> we were still dead last in uh -huh. the office. I decided that there needed to be some changes. And I went to human resources, um, talked through what I could do, what I couldn't do, and I developed a progressive disciplinary action plan slash coaching and development plan. And I put together a presentation over the weekend. I came back and I presented it to my team. And I'll just give you the highlights. It consisted of what I call the concentration break. The concentration break is for anything and everything that took us away from our performance. That was folks being comedians, making other people laugh so that they couldn't focus on themselves. That was folks coming in late, folks leaving early. You know, just not being focused. Gotcha. Right? So anything and everything fell into the area. And I managed to ask them all for their commitment. You know, well, lo and behold, you know, the, the type of individuals that I had, um, you know, they weren't very committed. So the next step for me, I partnered with one of my peers, and we went out, and uh, I hired about 22 sales reps. Now, our training classes only consisted of 30 people at a time. Okay. I put 22 people in this training class, and I knew that even if I didn't take all of them onto my team, I could give them to some of my peers because they would be uh, employees. Mm -hmm. So I put 22 folks in this class, and the ironic part about it is midweek when they come out of training and they monitor out on the floor, the supervisor that hires the, the, the new uh, sales reps um, would have those folks come to their area to monitor. Okay. So I had 22 people trying to monitor my area, you know, and um, one of my sales reps came up to me, one of the existing ones, and said, why, why are all of these people monitoring our area? Shouldn't they be throughout the entire office? I said, no. I said, um, I'll hire them all. I said, um, when they graduate out of training, some of you guys aren't going to be here anymore. And her eyes got really big, and she just, <laughs> now luckily she was <laughs> one of the ones that, 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 had the, the value and the character right. that um, was aligned with where I was going. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, what happened when they graduated out of training, I had um, our HR representative sit in the conference room, and I ended up letting go 13 people in one day, one right after the other. Wow. The very next month, 
you know, we didn't get back to first place, but our performance increased significantly, at least we achieved plan. Mm-hmm. But the second month into it, we were back in the number one spot in the office. Um, you know, after that, a month later, I was promoted to a manager in a new location. So that's the lesson learned. You know, I don't waste my time trying to develop folks that don't want to be developed. I'd rather spend my time with folks who seek and want my development. What an incredible, incredible story because it really shows, you know, why you have accomplished so much the way you have. And and I love that because that's truly built an incredible team. And, and I'm taking notes, Rodney. <laughs> I know our <laughs> listeners. I know our listeners are taking notes, but I'm taking notes too because you know I have aspirations to do to do more things in the future, and you know I, I want to have an outstanding team, you know that surrounds me. So that is just exceptional. I love how you went out and, and hired other people to monitor mm-hmm. them, you know, to shadow them. So you know they get that's just incredible. I love it. <laughs> I can't wait to dive deeper into this interview. This is going to be great. All right. Well, what I want to do right here, if you don't mind, I want to move forward and transition to the other end of the spectrum because what we call here at Success Talkers Radio is that that aha moment, that light bulb moment, because just like you've had lessons that you've learned from, say, failures, and you've had amazing ideas, and we just heard one of them. So do you have any other aha moments or light bulb moments that you care to share with us? As a matter of fact, I don't I do. I, I have probably hundreds. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been managing and leading people for, um, you know, going on 27 years now. And my aha moment had to come with how I evaluate people, both personally and professionally. One of the things that I learned is that a person's values are surrounded by their beliefs, which are surrounded by their actions. So if you find out what a person's values are, you will understand who they are and what they're capable of. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, I am engaged to an incredible woman, um, very beautiful. Um, she's extremely attractive, intelligent. Uh, she's an executive overseeing an offshore program for the largest payroll company in the world, um, based out of Canada. Um, but that's not why we're together. We're together because our values are aligned. What's important to her is important to me. Um, I, so I understand that, you know, so I surround myself with people both personally and professionally that have like values. You know, the people that I hire in my professional life, um, I look at their values. I want to know what you will do when my back is turned, right? So, mm-hmm. so when I ask questions in interviews, I'm asking philosophical type questions. I'm following that up with, a behavioral type question, and then I'm following that up with, um, you know, a, a, a question that's going to be a scenario. So I want to know, what do you feel about something? What did you do about that in the past? And can you demonstrate it on the spot? And usually if a person is consistent in those three areas, it tells me exactly who they are and what they are. And there's no way around mm-hmm. it, Diana. Your, your values, your beliefs, and your actions, they flow in a straight line. So if you, oh, absolutely. If, if, yeah, if you understand what their values are, you understand um, who they are. Yeah. It's so important that you say that because it's critical, you know, to your success. It's critical to, you know, your family relationships, all those things to, you know, when you surround yourself with like-minded people uh, that have incredible value systems. And I, I strive every day to do the very yeah, same it, thing in, in my personal life 
and my business. I will say it was yeah. a very hard lesson for me. Um, back in 1990, I was promoted um, uh, to a manager at a new location in a new city, um, and it was located in the deep south. Um, I had never visited the city before, had no relatives, no friends there. When I got there, here's what I was faced with. An office of about 1,300 people, 95% of the supervisors okay. and representatives for sales and customer service representatives were black. 100% of the managers, senior managers, and our director were Caucasian. The nickname for the office by the Western supervisors was the plantation. You can imagine how difficult it might have been working. Mm. Now, I was coming in yeah. as a new manager, and I was resented by both sides. One, because I was a chosen one, and the other, because I was not mm -hmm. one of them. You know, and, and I had situations where, um, you know, my peers went into a room and they left it with supervisors they wanted and they came out of this conference room, didn't even invite you to the meeting and said, here are your supervisors. And in my first meeting with the supervisors, they wow. said, we know why we're all with you. We're all the ones that they don't want to deal with. You know, and I said, okay, fine. I said, mm -hmm. but look, here's, here's what's different about me. I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to make you better. I'm going to develop you. If you guys follow me, if you allow me to lead you, we will make the most money. We will promote the most people. That I can guarantee you. I'm not the new kid on the block. I, I, I know what I'm doing. So we agreed to have two meetings, one before shift and one after shift. Before shift, it was the plan, what we did the previous day uh, from a metric standpoint, from a performance standpoint, and then after shift, we would talk solely about development. And I can tell you, within the first couple of weeks, mm -hmm. we were outperforming, you know, everyone there. But, but it was evaluating their values, right? Evaluating the values of my peers, evaluating the values of the, 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 the people, the supervisors that reported to me and the sales associates. And that's where it really, really um, came home to me that, you know, I've got to make sure that I pay attention to what a person's values are because that determines their right. beliefs, which determines their actions. So it was a very hard lesson, but it was a valuable one, and I'm glad it happened early on in my career. Oh, yes. Well, Ronnie, let's shift the focus for a minute because I want to shine the spotlight on you for just a moment. Um, if you can, just share with us one of your proudest entrepreneurial moments. Oh, God. Um, I would say creating Lexnote. Um, um, you know, my fiance and I actually put that business together in less than a month. I was, um, you know, working uh, with the company I'm with now, but um, before it was purchased by a couple of other companies. And I um, just didn't see the division and where we were going. So I said, look, I'm going to do something different. And we, we put Lexmos together in less than a month. We did all the marketing stuff. We um, have a promotional video we put together. Um, I mean, we did literally everything, and I was just about to pull the trigger on releasing all of the marketing information when the company I was with was purchased by another company, and they sent in um, the um, senior vice president to talk to me, and folks were saying, well, you know, have you looked at his LinkedIn profile? He's not going to be around much longer. He's, gonna, he's starting his own business. You know, he's not committed. And, you know, my meeting, I had a two-hour meeting with, with, with our senior VP, and he said, look, he said, I applaud you for what you're doing. He said, all I ask is that you give me about six months. If you decide that's the direction you want to go in, just give me six months. And I really respected this guy and knew I could learn a lot from him. Um, mm -hmm. So I ended up um, um, just putting Lexmos on the back burner, just doing projects from a reactive standpoint, 
versus a proactive standpoint, and I continue in the corporate world. But just in the timeline that we put that together, um, I think that was amazing. Because everyone that I showed the business plan to, um, you know, our marketing efforts, uh, you know, everything that we put together, um, they were extremely impressed and, and, and thought that it took us, you know, six to nine months to do that. We did it in less than a month. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is incredible. But, you know, given the kind of person you are and your track record, I'm not surprised because I just think you you just have so many amazing qualities to offer, not only the corporate arena, but, you know, e- even in your own business. And, you know, I'm not sure what, you know, the future holds for you with your future <laughs> business, but I- I'm sure it's going to be something pretty great. So, <laughs> well. We'll be paying attention. So, well, Rodney, we both know that, you know, be an entrepreneur and, um, you know, it can be sometimes, you know, like a role, being on a roller coaster of emotion. And even in the corporate world, even, you know, because when I think back to when I worked, you know, for corporate America, I worked for one of the largest telecommunications companies, you know, myself, and I was one of the top sales representatives for this company. And, you know, it was like, it was always just something crazy going on and just, you know, so I know you can relate the two, oh, yeah. you know, is that, so, you know, sometimes you're up today and the next 24 hours you're like ready to quit and you're frustrated, but I want to know how do you keep focus? How do you keep the end result in mind? Well, you have to understand, I, I do that by two ways. Number one, you have to understand that I enjoy leading and developing people to get results. That's a challenge for me. So when I'm going through those tough times, I love it. I'm in the zone. I'm focused, you know, and, and just like building this account management division, when we started this out, you know, I made sure that we had our, our philosophy was going to be predicated around three things. Number one, we were going to be professional. Number two, we were going to be productive. Number three, we were going to have fun, mm-hmm. you know, and when, when, when my directors and managers and I get together and we hire folks, I don't care how good of a salesperson you are. If you're not, if you don't have the ability to have fun, then I don't want you in my organization. Yeah. You know, so so we hire people that are collaborative. They work together. They support one another, um, and we have a lot of fun. And when you're having fun at what you do, trust me, hard work means nothing. So that's 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 the one one thing that I will say that that um you know that keeps me focused. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the, the, the other thing is, um, you know, I've got a lot of experience to pull on my background and, and you know, just me being an optimist about everything. I've, I've shown that I can accomplish things that the average person might look at it with slant and say, oh, I don't know if that can be done, you know. Um, so that has shown me that, um, you know, that I should never look at things from uh, this can't be accomplished or that's too tough. Right. Um, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Um, you know, I was in the corporate world full-time as an executive when I um, went back to school to get my um, my BS and my, uh, my my master's in international business, you know. Full-time student, full-time executive. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and, you know, and I was writing papers at 2 or 3 in the morning. You know, at one point I was traveling back and forth to Guyana, South America, working for a company there, and I was writing papers on the airplane. And, <laughs> Um, wow. You know, it, 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 you know, I learned a long time ago from, you know, one of my track coaches in high school. He said, a man will do what a man wills to do. So if you will to do something, there's nothing that's going to stop you. You know, all you have to do is have faith and believe, right? And that comes from me. You're right. And it's all about what you want, you know. He's, he's totally mm-hmm. right. That's an incredible quote. Got to remember that. <laughs> and, and I love your optimism, Rodney, because, you know, I, I really can see why, 
you know, you have been so sustainable in your industry and why you're so valuable to to any company. You know, I, I don't know, to be honest with you, you, I love your value system. I don't really know anyone in the corporate arena that I've met as of yet that has the same type of value system when it comes to building a team and an, and an environment, because that's what it all comes down to is the environment that you create as a, you know, a supervisor, as a leader or, you know, someone an, as an executive, because when you have people that are following you, the environment is everything. So I, I love that. Absolutely. And remember, it goes back to my original point. Um, the qualities that I look at, I get results because I build loyalty, and I do that through being humanistic, treating people with dignity and respect. Yeah. I can remember working at for a company. Uh, I won't name any names, but the environment was just so horrible. And, you know, I, it was hard to go to work because I was one that I was really serious about what I did. You know, I was one of the top sales reps there. But the environment was just terrible. And, you know, there was just low performance from a lot of different, you know, of my peers, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I didn't last very long, to be honest, there. And, and I'm kind of glad I did. And from there, I've actually just been in business for myself since I left. But, yeah, it's environment is everything. And see, you know, I don't know, one of the things that I enjoy doing is, is teaching leaders and teaching folks. Environments like that, in my opinion, Environments like that are are simply that way because the leader are leading them that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen call centers um, in, in, in various areas, customer service organizations, operational um, facilities, that they start off on this high because they're new and they got this and they got that, and then all of a sudden, um, you see, you know, you go back five years later and the employee um, morale has gone down, the professionalism has gone down. That is a direct reflection of the leader. Oh, absolutely. And I will tell you that 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 type of thing does not exist in my environment. My philosophy is this. Everything in this universe changes. It either gets better or worse. And as a leader, it is your responsibility to ensure that it's constantly getting better. Yes, I agree. I love that. I'm, there's no in-between. You're right. There's no in-between. It either gets better mm-hmm. or it gets worse. And as a leader, you have to make sure that it gets better. Figure it out. Absolutely. Figure it out. <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> well, Rodney, what's one thing that you're really excited about, you know, in your business or in your career right now? Well, uh, right now, I, I would say there's three things. In the corporate world, um, we're in the process of migrating clients. Um, as I mentioned, or as you mentioned, you know, we're the largest background screening company in the world. And that's because um, two kind of giants merged together and then we purchased a third company uh, fourth quarter of last year. So my job as an account manager now is migrating, you know, all of these clients together. Um, um, and it's a difficult task right now, it's challenging right now, but it's exciting for me. So from a corporate world migration of these clients, um, as far as Lexmos, I'm looking at scheduling, you know, four to six development sessions for the remainder of 2014. Okay. Um, you know, I'm getting that itch. <laughs> um, um, to do more in that area. Um, and then lastly, number three is me time. You know, I love to travel internationally. Mm-hmm. You know, the past couple of years, I've been to South Africa. I've been to Beijing. I've been to Manila. I've been to India. Um, I just love traveling internationally and meeting different, you know, different people from different cultures. I love that. Ryan, you're just so balanced in your life, and I love that. And it's just great. There's a lot, you know, that people can learn from you. I'm certainly learning a lot from you. So I appreciate you for just coming on our show and and giving so much value, you know, to our listeners. So definitely appreciate that. Definitely. 
Oh, well, Rodney, we've reached my favorite part of the interview, and that's called the success round. And what we do here is, you okay. know, we kind of go back and forth to do a little boxing. And uh, I want to throw some questions at you, and then I want you to come back and some knockout answers at me. So, Absolutely. All right. So my first question is, what was it that held you back from becoming an entrepreneur before you got started? Um, well, I'll have to say um, two things. Number one, success in the corporate world. And number two, that empty feeling of not directly seeing your leadership results. Um, you know, I, when I first left the corporate world, I did consulting work, and I, I saw the impact that I had, um, but it wasn't a direct impact because, um, right. you know, you're going through other people. And, you, you know, you teach the information, you present it, and then you walk away. You know, for me, I like to see the individual's progress. I like to see the promotion. You know, um, you know, my definition of success is how many people have you promoted. You know, whether it's professionally or personally, it could be a church, an organization, a nonprofit organization, the corporate world, or whatever. But when I evaluate people, I evaluate them by how many people they promoted. And it's it's a little harder to do that from a consultant standpoint. Um, so that's one of the things that keep me in the corporate world, but I can tell you that, you know, I love also going out and speaking and inspiring folks on, on, on how to do better. Um, so those, those are the things that kind of held me back for a long time. That's awesome. Well, what is the best business advice you've ever received in your, either your business or your career? Uh, let's see. The best business advice I've ever seen in my career. If someone is not on your team, get rid of them. Ooh, that's a good and one. I know it's a powerful statement. <laughs> it came from a director I worked for uh, named Rob mm-hmm. Booker. You know, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's hard enough to have objectives and to go in a direction that you want to go in. And you've got individuals behind you that you have to constantly turn around and watch your back. I don't want to have to watch right. my back. I can tell you that all my direct reports, I trust them with everything mm-hmm. that I have. And that's because I evaluated them, I vetted them, and I know the content of their character. You know, one of my favorite books, um, Pat Riley's case in his book, The Winner Within, the difference between a good coach and a bad coach, the good ones breathe good covenants, while the bad coaches breathe bad covenants. As a leader, you're directly responsible um, to weed out the cancerous individual. And, and, you know, when I look at that, you know, that, that's the advice that I was getting from, you know, Rob at that time. You know, Rob was like a big mm-hmm. brother to me in the corporate world. And, um, you know, he told me that, and it, and it stuck with me. And, and it tells truth. I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's not that someone is bad or that they, um, you know, um, are a bad person. It's just that, you know, our values are not aligned, so you can't you can't work for me. I mean, I, you know, it, it, it's almost as if you're hiring someone who has the values that feel like it's okay to steal. You know, that goes against my value. Well, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Total sense. And it, it sounds, you know, pretty hard, you know, but it's it's powerful. It's a powerful statement, but it's very true. You know, and when you were saying that, it kind of made me think about, you know, if you're in a boat and you're rowing and you have your, you know, people that, that you're leading there in the boat with you, you know, not everybody may be rowing. You may look back and see there's several people just kind of doing whatever and, you know, you know and so it's like you're not really going anywhere. Or you Maybe you're going, but not as quickly as you could get there if everyone was rowing. And so you do have to know who's yeah, on your team, that so and that's, that's mm-hmm. so important, whether it's in corporate, the corporate arena or in your business. 
It's critical to both. Personally also. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Even more. Well, can you share one of your daily personal habits, Rodney, with us that you believe attributes to you? Oh, success? yeah. Um, definitely, I evaluate people extremely well. You know, I think that the good Lord has blessed me with the ability to read people um, extremely well. And I think that comes from um, a, a, a situation where I grew up with uh, an abusive uh, father. And, um, you know, a counselor once told me that, you know, you have that skill set because you've learned to watch and observe so you can anticipate. Mm. And it's one of the things that, that, that you know, it, it, you, you never know how you're going to turn out when you grow up in an environment like that. But at the same time, um, you know, it's something that made me who I am today. So I evaluate people extremely well. You know, I surround myself with people who have superior skills than mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I ensure that we have similar values. Right, right. Right? That way I learn from them as well. <laughs> and then you said two habits, right? So secondly, I will say that I don't waver my values for anyone, no matter what the circumstances are. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, I don't drink alcohol. I've never been intoxicated in my life. It's just something that I don't do. Um, again, I grew up, you know, with the alcoholic, you know, father, and, and um, that's just something that I've needed out of my life. Um, you know, and, um, you know, there was a situation uh, where I was working in an environment where one of the individuals, you know, kept trying to pressure me uh, to drink, and, of course, it um, got pretty heated because, mm-hmm. you know, that you're not going to take me down that road. You know, there's no company, no organization, there's nothing in this world that can get me to do something that I choose not to do. You know, I, I live by the man upstairs, and that's it. I love it. should never compromise your values in any situation. I agree. Absolutely. Well, do you have an Internet resource, Rodney, or, say, a business tool that you can share with our listeners, maybe that you use on a daily basis or at work? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One being LinkedIn, the LinkedIn app. Um, It's great for um, establishing and uh, nourishing out business relationships. You know, in addition, you get industry knowledge there as well. You know, I'm able to keep updated on the latest trends, et cetera. Um, And then number two, there's an app that I use uh, on my iPad called Keeper, and it, it secures all my online access, you know, with passwords. I can categorize it. So I've got headlines like finances, credit cards, utilities, assets, liabilities, my travel, uh, shopping online, et cetera. Uh, it's excellent. That's good. Tool. Yeah. Um, I would recommend it's called recommend. Keeper. What is it called again? Keeper. K-E-E-P-E-R. Right. Okay. Good deal. We'll make sure we add that to the show notes uh, on our site as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what book or books would you like to recommend? Do you have one or two books you can recommend to our listeners? My favorite two books, uh, Pat Riley, The Winner Within, I mentioned earlier. Um, both of these books are predicated on leadership. Pat Riley takes it from a, from a coaching perspective. And he talks about not just building a team, but having a successful team and um, trying to um, uh, keep that team from establishing what he called the disease of me. And that's where individual players are feeling like they worth more than what they are uh, to the team. Um, so he talked about a lot of the pitfalls in that book, and, and, and I really enjoyed reading that book. The second is John C. Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Um, oh, yeah. Those principles in that book are profound. And one of the things that I really like and admire about it is that Maxwell – 
he'll give you the law and the principle behind it, but then he'll tell you the story behind it to make sure that it sets in. And that's the same type of style that I utilize when I'm developing and leading and training people. I want to make sure they understand the point. I don't want you to follow me just because of who I am and what I say. I want you to really, really understand why it's important. And he does that in the book. Yeah, the first time that, you know, you and I had a chance to talk, you know, prior to this interview, you know, I thought about John Maxwell when we were talking because you do have that same style. And that's that's awesome. And that's why I kind of, I don't know if you remember our conversation, but I remember uh, asking you, did you ever plan on writing any books? Because all of that value and information that you can provide to people would just be amazing. So I really hope that you consider that someday. <laughs> that I, I certainly will. Um, that is one of the goals on my list. Good. Good deal. I'll be one of the first people to buy it and <laughs> well, promote it. support. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, our last question, Rodney, is I want you to just imagine that you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the same knowledge and experience you currently have today, but let's say your food is taken care of, your shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Well, um, let me give you a couple of principles, and that will explain what I will do and why. Um, my passion is developing people, so that's where I start, right? The $500 doesn't mean anything to me. I would probably take that and invest it into, um, if you told me my food and my shelter was taken care of, I don't need the $500. I would take that and invest it into some mutual fund or something like that. But I would start with developing people because that's what I enjoy doing. And, and that would consist of three things, um, building a plan, um, executing that plan with passion, and then keeping an open mind to develop myself so that I can continue to grow. One of the things that I do know, um, and I want the listeners to write this down, this is an equation that, you know, I created with my management team a couple of years ago, and that's P, the letter P, as in Paul, equals E, as in environment, plus S as in Sam, plus S as in Sam. So it's P equals E plus S plus S. That equation stands for your performance will always equal your effort plus your skill set plus your strategy. No more, no less. You can come with all kinds of effort. If you don't have the right skill set, if you don't have the right strategy, you're not going to, your performance is not going to be as high. Okay? So, so understanding that equation, I know that what I dive into with this one laptop and this $500, um, <laughs> I understand that my performance is going to be predicated on my effort, my skill set, and my strategy. Those are things that I live and die by. Mm-hmm. And then um, lastly, I will say that um, whatever I do in that new world, it's going to surround protecting my character. That, that's important to me, protecting the character of, of, of what I do and my brand. Um, trust me, you know, it means something to everyone, you know, oh, yeah. and you can control it, you know, in, in the way that you market it and put it on display for your actions. Mm-hmm. So protect so it at all costs, you know. I've actually got a poem, and, and, and I don't know, Iona, who wrote this poem. It was an anonymous, but it meant so much to me, I memorized it. Um, and I, I, I utilize it all the time. It's entitled Your Name, and it's associated with the character. So it goes like this. You got it from your father. It was all he had to give. So make sure you got it wisely for as long as you may live. If you lose the watch he gave you, it can always be replaced. But a black mark on your name, son, can never be erased. 
Now it was clean the day you took it, and it were the name of there. When your father got it from your grandfather, there was no dishonest there. So make sure you got it wisely. After all is said and done, you will be glad someday when it's time to give it to yours. Ronnie, that is excellent. And who was this by again? It was anonymous. I read it in a book somewhere, um, so I don't know who the author was. But okay. it was so impactful to me that I memorized it. You know, um, and this goes back probably 16, 17 years when I first read it. Yeah. Okay. I need you to send me a copy of that. That's awesome. I certainly will. <laughs> I want to put that in my office. I like that. That's great. All right. Well, that was an excellent answer. And I kind of felt like you would answer, you know, that way because you're a developer. You're a developer of people. So I knew that somewhere, you know, you would be somewhere developing a lot of people. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, Rodney, hearing your journey has been truly inspiring. And just we thank you so much for being transparent with your journey with us today. And if you don't mind, before we go, can you just give our listeners one parting piece of advice and then tell them the best way they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Um, Well, the best parting piece of advice I can give you um, um, or, or to the listeners. It's just understanding that the mind is a powerful tool. And the people who have accomplished things uh, on this planet that we deem are phenomenal, incredible, etc., they've done that because they've taken their mind to a place where other people were not able to. So by remembering that, everything surrounds the mind. Because again, as I stated earlier, your body will not detach itself from the mind. The mind is a pace setter. The mind is the, the, the key critical component to pushing the body forward. And that is the reason that some people accomplish incredible things. So, you know, after having said that, you know, if I can leave any parting advice, just understand that when you set out to accomplish something, don't let anyone take that away from you. You know, understand that you're going to face two things. People and circumstances. Those are the two evils. You're going to have people that are going to tell you that you can't, you shouldn't, and give you all the reasons why you shouldn't. And then you're going to have circumstances that are going to happen. You know, your car breaks down. You have to spend $2,500 fixing the car, and you needed that money to invest this into your business. Those are the two things that are bound to happen. But I look at it like this. Those things are put in place because it's God's way of saying, I want to see how bad you want it. Mm. And I'll tell you, Ayanna, when I go after something, I will stand in front of God and I will say there is not one person on this planet that wants this better than me and I'm willing to show you that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I think that way too. Even when I started this this show, you know, I said, you know, pretty much the same thing to God as well. And it's like as soon as I said that, Rodney, oh my God, it seems like everything started happening, right? And and I had mm-hmm. to I had to remember that, you know, God wants to see if he can trust me with this. Right. So I have to be able to stand the test. And and I I think I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that. I'll continue to do that. But that is great advice. And I appreciate you giving that to our listeners. And and we're definitely going to make sure that we add, you know, the things that we're chatting about to the show notes uh, to our, you know, that's our site today as well. So they'll be able to follow you even on our site. Um, But if you can, share with our listeners how they can find you. Well, I'm on LinkedIn, um, simply as Rodney Lawson. Um, um, please reach out to me. Um, right now, again, from a Lexmo standpoint, if you're interested in having me come out and speak to your company or your organization, and that can be one of, one of two ways. I can come in and do an inspirational 
uh, motivational speech, um, you know, unlike any other that you've ever heard before. Um, you know, my process is built around um, analyzing the environment first and then going in and customizing my speech um, as well as, you know, developmental tools to, to help improve and inspire that audience. Uh, the second way is I can come in and take a look at the operation um, and uh, come up with tools to help develop the management staff. And again, some of, some of these things, you know, they sound very simple, but um, they're a little more difficult to, to, to institute within organizations. Um, so if anyone is interested, uh, just, you know, again, you can reach out to me through LinkedIn, and I'll be more than happy to come in and um, do what I can to uh, improve your, your, your business. Good deal. Well, I'll make sure that we add that to, you know, again, to our show notes on our website so they can find you as well. And I know that our listeners have gotten some great tips and great takeaways from you, Rodney. I certainly have. And, you know, they can, um, like I said, find those links. And at successstalkersradio.com slash Rodney Lawson, they'll be able to see all the things that we've been chatting about today. And so, again, Rodney, I just appreciate your transparency and for taking out, you know, your time today to just give us some incredible words of wisdom and golden nuggets. So we say thank you. Well, thank you, Iona. Um, I appreciate the time, and it was certainly my pleasure. All right. And for everyone out there listening, remember to keep stalking success. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Success Stalkers Radio. If you'd like to hear more from these inspiring entrepreneurs and entertainers, be sure to subscribe to the Success Stalkers Radio podcast on iTunes. And if you found value in this episode, give us a review, hopefully five stars. You may also visit us at successstalkers.com. Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you.